Well, Alex Rodriguez has numbers as good or better than anybody in the American League, but his problem may be that he's on a last-place team, and there will be some writers that will not vote for him for the MVP because of that. 1-1 the count. No score in the first. Here's the pitch, swinging a high fly ball, deep left center field. Back on the ball is Melvin Mora by the bullpen. He leaps and he can't get it. It's gone. It's into the Orioles' bullpen for a two-run home run. So Alex Rodriguez with his 49th home run of the year, and the Rangers grab a 2-0 lead here in the first inning. One out, ninth inning in a 6-6 tie. Grimsley ready. He deals. And it's a line drive base in center field. Greg Myers scores from third. Tejada wins another ball game. 19 straight for the Athletics. They've tied the all-time American League record. We have brought back a Java Jive here on MLB Morning Coffee. Happy Wednesday to you and yours. My name is Greg Moraz, your host as per usual. Make sure that you write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. Go back, listen to some of our other episodes. I'm sure that you will enjoy them. What is Java Jive? Well, Java Jive is effectively the segments that pit hypotheticals, cool historical situations, facts, etc., etc. And I was thinking about this one a little bit earlier, and I remember this when it was happening, and I know how controversial it was, and I wanted to talk about this subject in particular because it challenges the notion of whether or not an MVP award should be given to somebody on a losing team. What defines what it means to be an MVP? Is it the player that is the most valuable, or is it the player that is the most outstanding? And no race for MVP defined that definition or crossed that line more than the race for the 2002 American League MVP. And the reason I bring up 2002 is that it pitted two guys that were on two teams in the same division that were drastically different in terms of their record. You have Alex Rodriguez, who played for the 2002 Texas Rangers, a team that was awful. And then you had Miguel Tejada, who played for the 2002 Oakland Athletics, a team that was phenomenal. So when you're talking about the most valuable player, does MVP mean statistical achievement or statistical achievement in relation to one's team. If you're looking at the pure numbers, who actually wins or should win the AL MVP if you're defining it based on numbers? So let's go first with the winner, Miguel Tejada of the Oakland A's, and then with the second place man, Alex Rodriguez of the Texas Rangers. In 2002, 
Miguel Tejada hit 308 with a 354 on base percentage. 34 homers, 131 runs driven in. 162 games played. Miguel Tejada from 1999 until 2006 played at least 159 games every year. He was one of the most underrated Ironmen in all of modern baseball. Tejada's numbers were very good that season. But were they MVP worthy? Let's look at Alex Rodriguez from that year. In 2002, A-Rod also played in 162 games. He hit 300, so basically the same as Tejada, a 392 on base, much better, 57 homers, way higher, led the American League in homers, led all of baseball in homers, I should say, and drove in 142 runs, which also led Major League Baseball. A-Rod had over 130 RBI in three straight years, with 142 in that season being the second most that he had in any season in his career. His most was in 2007, when with the New York Yankees, he drove in 156 runs. If you're going based on statistics and numbers alone, it's clear that if you're going on the home runs, the RBI, the on-base percentage, that A-Rod should have won the MVP in 2002. But Miguel Tejada won the MVP. The question is, why? Let's look at the records of the teams. The 2002 Texas Rangers, as I said, were bad. How bad were they? They were 72-90 and 90 that season, and they finished fourth in the AL West. And remember, that was when fourth was last in the AL West. Prior to 2013, the American League West had four teams. So it goes without saying that the 2002 Texas Rangers were 1,000% nothing special, but that Alex Rodriguez was amongst the best of all of them. So the Rangers were 72-90, and 90, and the Oakland A's that season won the AL West with a record of 103-59. and 103-59. and 59. That is awesome. The A's set the American League record that year for wins in a row with 20, with many walk-offs coming from the man that won MVP, Miguel Tejada. And remember... Tejada won MVP the year after one of the franchise's cornerstones, Jason Giambi, who won the MVP in 2000, departed for the New York Yankees. So, you've got a great team and a really good performer against a really bad team and an elite performer. So, who should have won? If you're talking about what player meant more to their team, who is the most valuable on that team, I probably... I'm going to go with Alex Rodriguez, and I use that in comparison to other players on the Rangers. Let's take a look at some of the other starters. Rafael Palmero had a good year. 273 average, 391 on base percentage. He had 43 homers, drove in 105 runs. He and A-Rod were the only two players on that team that season that drove in over 80 runs. The only other player to drive in over 70 runs was Herbert Perry, who hit 22 homers, drove in 77 runs, had a 276 batting average with a 333 on base percentage. Looking at some of the pitching, 
the pitching was pretty bad. Kenny Rogers was the best of the bunch, the only pitcher that had over 200 innings pitched, went 13-8 with a 3.84 ERA as a 37-year-old. Ismael Valdez was 6-9 with a 3.93 ERA. Those were the only two starting pitchers that had ERAs under four. The rest of the starting rotation had ERAs of 575 Chan Ho Park, 542 Dave Burba, and then two guys that split 28 starts, Rob Bell, 622, and Joaquin Benoit, 531. So this was a really bad pitching staff. Their bullpen, they had only one reliever with over 40 innings that had an ERA below three. That was their closer, Francisco Cordero, who had a 179 ERA in 45 innings of work. So now let's take a look at the Oakland A's in 2002 because that team won the West, had 103 wins, which tied the Yankees for the most in the American League. This was a pretty darn good team. So Miguel Tejada, as we said, to recap his stats, hit 308 with a 354 on base, 34 homers, 131 RBI. Let's plug in Eric Chavez, the starting third baseman. 34 homers, 109 RBI, 275 average with a 348 on base percentage. Remember, these are the A's of the Moneyball era, so the on base percentages are high. Jermaine Dye, 252 average with a 333 on base percentage, 24 homers, 86 runs driven in. Scott Hatterberg, 280 batting average, 374 on base percentage, 15 homers, 61 runs driven in. Terrence Long, 240, 298, but he still hit 16 homers and drove in 67 runs. Couple of key bench contributors, John Mabry, 275 batting average, 11 homers, and 40 driven in. But where did this team make its money? The pitching staff. As you recall, the 2002 Texas Rangers had just two guys with ERAs under four as starting pitchers. None of them with ERAs below 3.8. The Oakland A's had three starters with ERAs below 3.5. Tim Hudson, 298 ERA, 15-9 record in 238 innings of work. By the way, let's just pause for a sec. Nobody in the modern game is going to get to 238 innings. That's just not going to happen in 2020. Mark Mulder, 19-7 record, 347 ERA, 207 innings of work. A couple other guys worth noting. Corey Lytle, 8-10 record with a 389 ERA and 192 innings of work. So Corey Lytle had almost as good of an ERA as the Rangers' best starter. But the one guy I'm leaving out? Barry Zito, who in that 2002 season won the American League Cy Young Award with a 23-5 record and a 2.75 ERA. So this is another interesting conversation that I would like to get back to in a moment with Barry Zito because the same argument that you're making between Rodriguez and Tejada could possibly be made on the Cy Young Award side between Zito and Pedro Martinez. But that's an argument that does not have to do with team success, but has to do with wins versus ERA. But let's look at the rest of the 2002 A's team. The bullpen 
for that 2002 Oakland Athletics squad had Billy Koch as its closer, who despite a 327 ERA as a closer, had 44 saves, pitched 93 and two-thirds innings, which is a hell of a lot as a closer, made 84 appearances, and went 11 and four. He went 11 and four out of the bullpen. Chad Bradford pitched in 75 games, had a 311 ERA. So this A's team was way the hell better than the Texas Rangers. So when you're looking at the argument, most outstanding versus most valuable, who is more valuable to the success of their team? Could the A's have been as good as they were without Miguel Tejada? Possibly. Would the Rangers have been about the same without Alex Rodriguez? Probably. Even with all those numbers, their pitching staff was so bad to the point where it didn't really matter. If you're talking most outstanding player in terms of statistics, then it's 100% Alex Rodriguez. If you're talking about value, value to the club and to the success of the club, I'm going to make an argument for Miguel Tejada. The A's made the playoffs from 2000 to 2003 every year. The first year that they didn't was 2004 in that four-year stretch. What was different about 2004? It was the first year that the A's did not have Miguel Tejada. He went off and signed a six-year contract with the Baltimore Orioles. The Texas Rangers never made the playoffs when Alex Rodriguez was a member of their team. Miguel Tejada had a lot of clutch hits that made the difference between the A's winning and losing games. The A's don't win 100 games without Miguel Tejada. And that, to me, is why Miggy ended up winning the MVP that year. But let's take a look at how the American League operated the next year. Alex Rodriguez, as a part of the 2003 Texas Rangers, won his first AL MVP award, having significantly worse stats than he did in 2002. He hit 298 that year, but had a 396 on-base percentage. He led the American League in slugging at 600. Despite the fact, though, that he had a lower slugging percentage in 2003 than he did in 2002. He led all of Major League Baseball in homers at 47 that year. Still, 10 less than he had the previous year. He had 118 RBI, which was 24 fewer RBI than he had the previous year. He wins the MVP that season. What was the Texas Rangers record that year? 71 and 91. They were actually, granted only a game, they were actually worse in 2003 than they were in 2002. And yet A-Rod still won the MVP. But who finished second in the MVP that year? It was Carlos Delgado. Carlos Delgado that year with the Blue Jays, hit 302, had a 426 on-base percentage, 42 homers, and 145 runs driven in. Those are gaudy numbers. Those are better numbers than A-Rod had. Yet, A-Rod wins the MVP, Delgado finishes second. 
So this is what's confusing to me. Alex Rodriguez loses the MVP in a year that he has better numbers than the guy that wins the MVP, but he ends up losing the MVP because he plays on a losing team. Yet in 2003, he ends up winning the MVP, having worse numbers than the guy that finished second in Carlos Delgado on a team that was worse than it was the year before the Rangers, and the Blue Jays were 86-76 and 76 that season. So Delgado had better numbers and was on a better team, yet A-Rod wins the MVP in 2003. I don't get it. So you set the precedent the year before that you're going to take team performance over individual performance, and then the next year you have a guy in Carlos Delgado who ends up having a better individual performance and a better team performance, and he doesn't win. Rather, A-Rod gets the makeup vote for that year. So Rodriguez wins the MVP in a year that he shouldn't have won it and finishes second in a year that he probably should have won it. But baseball would not have been setting a milestone in 2002 if they had voted for A-Rod as the MVP instead of Tejada. Let's go back to Andre Dawson's MVP season of 1987. With the 1987 Cubs, he hit 287 with a 328 on base, led all of Major League Baseball in homers with 49 and RBI with 137. The 1987 Chicago Cubs finished in sixth place. They were 76 and 85. Who finished second in the MVP voting that season? It was Ozzie Smith, the shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals. He hit 303 with a 392 on base percentage. No homers, 75 RBI. Finishing third was Jack Clark of the Cardinals. He hit 286 with a 459 on base percentage. 35 homers, 106 RBI. So really good numbers from Jack Clark and Ozzie Smith. Those two guys probably split the vote. The 1987 St. Louis Cardinals were first in the NL East. They went 95-67, and 67, and they ended up going to the World Series where they eventually lost to the Minnesota Twins. So you have second and third place, both on the same team, on the best team in the National League. They had the best record in the league that year, five games better than the San Francisco Giants, who won the West Division, three games better than the New York Mets, who were second best in their own division. And yet, they voted for Andre Dawson, who had better numbers than Jack Clark and Ozzie Smith, although both of those guys' numbers were good, but he played on a last-place team. If you use that precedent as an example, then A-Rod should have been the 2002 MVP. Because despite playing on a worse team, he had much better numbers relative to Miguel Tejada. It's a much easier argument because Tejada's numbers were better than Ozzie Smith and Jack Clark, but not as good as Andre Dawson from that season. So if you put Miguel Tejada 
back in 1987, does that season hold up against Andre Dawson? If you go by the precedent that you voted at the time, the answer is no. If you put A-Rod from 2002 against Dawson from 1987, A-Rod's numbers are better. A-Rod wins the MVP. So if you set the precedent by saying that Andre Dawson on a last place Chicago Cubs team in 1987 wins the NL MVP because he has the best numbers, why didn't A-Rod win the MVP in 2002? And I'm an Oakland A's fan. I was elated when Miguel Tejada won the MVP in 2002. But again, I was 10 years old. I was a diehard Oakland A's fan that worshipped at the altar of Miguel Tejada. So I didn't necessarily have the best perspective. If I'm looking at it objectively, analytically, looking back at Andre Dawson as the example, then I 1,000% say that the MVP should have gone to A-Rod in 2002. Just like I'll say, because I think the numbers are better, that Carlos Delgado should have beaten out A-Rod for the MVP in 2003. There's one more guy that we can use in a comparative scenario to the battle that A-Rod and Tejada had in 2002, and those are the seasons of Mike Trout in 2015 and 2016. Because Mike Trout won the MVP in 2016 on a team that went 74-88. and He lost the 2015 MVP to Josh Donaldson, who was part of a Blue Jays team that went to the playoffs. So let's break down the numbers. In 2015, the Toronto Blue Jays went 93-69, and had the second-best record in the American League, won the AL East, and lost in the ALCS to the Kansas City Royals. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim went 85-77, and and they finished third in their division behind the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros. So while the Angels were not a losing team that year, they did not go to the playoffs. Mike Trout's numbers from that season. He hit .299 with a .402 on base, led the American League in slugging at 590, 41 homers, 90 RBI in 159 games. Really good season. Fantastic season. Josh Donaldson, in 2015, he hit 297 with a 371 on base, 41 homers, and led the American League with 123 RBI. In that scenario, I actually think that Josh Donaldson has better numbers. Better team, better numbers. The on-base is not nearly as good, but the RBI numbers are much better. The home run numbers are exactly the same. 90 RBI versus 123 RBI? I think that's the difference. That's why Donaldson finished first and Trout finished second. So let's look at 2016, where Mike Trout, on a losing team, beat out Mookie Betts, who played on a Red Sox team that went 93-69 and and won the American League East, had the third best record in all of baseball. So let's see what the numbers say. For Trout in 2016, he had a 315 average with a 441 on base. That was the best in baseball. 29 homers, 100 runs driven in. So not as good a home run numbers, better RBI numbers, 
led all of baseball with 116 walks. That's why he had a 441 on base percentage. Mookie Betts in 2016 hit 318 with a 363 on base, 31 homers, and 113 RBI. The homers are better. The average is better. The RBI are better. The only thing that's not for Mookie Betts is the on-base percentage because Mike Trout had a 441 on-base percentage, which was over 125 points higher than his batting average. Mookie Betts only had a 363 on-base percentage, which was not even 50 points higher than his batting average. So Mookie Betts gets punished because he doesn't walk as much as Trout. Betts, in 2016, walked 49 times. Trout walked 116 times. But except for that, except for that, everything about Mookie Betts' season is better. And yet Trout wins the MVP despite playing on a team that went 74-88, and was fourth in the AL West, and the Red Sox went 93-69 and and finished first in the AL East. So the thing here is that there's no consistency. Two last place MVPs, A-Rod in 2003 and Trout in 2016, didn't have as good a years as the guys who finished second And the guys who finished second played on teams with significantly better records. So, unlike 2003, where it seems like the voters gave A-Rod a makeup award, Trout's numbers were not better than Josh Donaldson's in 2015. So, I don't know if there's any sort of makeup award. He had a better average than he did in 2015. Better on base percentage, less homers. He had 12 less homers, but 10 more RBI. So I guess our conclusion here is, I don't know anything. But if we're looking to the question of who should have won the 2002 American League MVP award, I think it probably should have been Alex Rodriguez. Because you had two other instances, 2003 and 2016, where the guy that played on the better team and had the better numbers lost to a guy that played on a last-place team. Or, in the Angels' case in 2016, a team that finished well below 500. You have some thoughts on this topic? Email them to me, greg.maraz at yahoo.com. You can also tweet me, at Greg D. Maraz. This has been a lot of fun. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of MLB Morning Coffee's Java Jive. Who should have won the 2002 American League MVP? I will leave it to you to decide. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. And as always, we will catch you in the AM.